You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there, and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Film Studies. I am Sean Taylor. With me today is Mean Mark. With great power comes great... Oh, (laughs) sorry. Wrong movie. Wrong movie. Anyway, go on. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, of course, this week we saw The Beguiled. Um, I mean, who didn't? <laughs> no, of course not. We saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Of course Yay. we did. What What? What do you think? We're stupid? We're not going to see Spider-Man on its opening weekend? Come on. <laughs> uh, you're, you're being a real Flash right there, there, Sean. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about Flash in a second. You just hang on to that. <laughs> Uh, Spider-Man doing about as well as I think everyone expected it to do. It's 117 million. Um, still behind Guardians and Wonder Woman in reverse order. Uh, Wonder Woman still has the top spot as far as the summer movies go. Uh, followed by Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and now Spider-Man. So, hey, DC still winning the summer. Yeah, surprisingly, um... I mean that, but you know, all credit to Wonder Woman, of course, for and everyone behind that movie because it is fantastic. I'm not saying it's not deserved. Oh, yeah. It's just is that a you know a year ago no one thought that this would be the case. Now I think part of this has to do with the release weekend. I think they made a mistake opening it the weekend after Labor Day weekend. Uh, not Labor Day, sorry. I was going to say uh, Labor Day weekend. It would have been uh, Memorial Day weekend, I believe, in the states because they Wonder had Woman? the. Uh, no, Spider-Man. I think you if mean, they had opened... You mean Independence Day weekend? Independent, yeah. Right. In lieu of not having an Independence Day movie, something else could have taken its place, and I think this should have been it. So I have a feeling that that may have played into, at least a little bit, uh, what happened here. Well, $117 million is nothing to sneeze at. I mean... No, no. I'm just saying it had the potential for even more, because it's a great movie. Well, okay. Well, okay. Well, you've shared your opinion. Go on with that. That, oh, Spoiler yeah, free. I re- uh, just really liked it for several reasons that we're going to get into. Um, uh, I think the casting was good. Uh, the characterization, the characterization of Spider-Man, I, it, it feels right now. Um, the, you know, the guest stars were good, but not, not too much, I don't think. Um, and yeah, we'll just get into more detail, but your, uh, your thoughts, spoiler free. Uh, this movie was demonstrably okay. Um, honestly, I think if I had to rank them, this would be the third best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. Oh, behind? Two and one, in that order. Ah, okay, okay. So the Sam Um, Raimi stuff really hit you better. Yeah, and and for a couple of reasons. Um, first thing I want to say is I did a little research. This movie, while being in the MCU, is not a Marvel movie. Um, the the writers and the director are all Sony people. But they had Kevin um, Feige as an, an executive producer to kind of guide them yeah. with the MCU elements. Yeah, I know. And 
this movie to me plays as two different movies. It plays as a Sony movie and it plays as a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, so there's very there's two very distinct stories here, and one of them I really really liked, and the other one, not so much. Um, the one with Spider Man versus the Vulture, I thought was very good. Um, great job by, uh, oh, what's his name? I'm Michael f- Keaton. Michael Keaton. I was gonna say Kevin Spacey, and I knew that was wrong. I've <laughs> uh, got Baby Driver on the brain, and Tom Holland it, in that particular storyline does great. Along with, you know, all the cameos and stuff. It was his school friends I really didn't like. Um, and we'll get into that, but... Oh, they were annoying. And in my mind, very unnecessary. To a point. So, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, you said you had a lot of notes. We'll go to spoiler territory, but... Sure. Um, no, my, my notes are actually having to do with, uh, with the Easter eggs. And so you let me know, do you want Easter eggs throughout or do you want me to just kind of fire off a few at the end? I, I, I mean, the ones I wrote down, I don't think I've got a, an exhaustive list or a complete list, but some of the ones that stood out to me, um, and even some that I, I didn't even notice first time around. I did a little bit of research afterwards to kind of find out what did I miss? Cause there was a few questions that I had too about, uh, about some things. So just things that I saw, I'm like, I think I should know that name or something like that. So you, you let me know. Do you want them at the end? Well, I don't think there were that many that were all that subtle. Um, they were pretty blatant in their Easter eggs this time around. I mean, I caught a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them, they called out themselves. <laughs> John Hughes, okay. Ferris Bueller day off. Yeah, oh, see, and that's the ones, yeah, I didn't necessarily uh, get that, but did you get the license plate on the ferry? I didn't myself, but no way I would have known that one. No, um, no, no. But, but yeah, SM20563, referring to Amazing Spider-Man number two, May 1963, the first appearance of the Vulture. Yeah. And the Tinkerer. You know, so. Yeah. Little things like that. So. Yeah. Um, on Speaking of that scene, very quickly, did you, when... The vehicle started falling into the water. Right? There was like a there was a quick scene where they like two or three vehicles like roll by the screen, right? Yeah. Was one of them the mystery machine from Scooby Doo? Uh, now I saw this twice and I don't remember seeing that. Cause I, I I I was almost pretty sure I saw that. And I'm like, that has no bearing in this movie whatsoever. I'm- it's not even a Sony property. Uh, let's put it this way. If if it had, in all the resources that I checked, someone would have called it out, and no one did. That's what I would have thought. I, so. I, yeah, I went to multiple sources to find Easter eggs, and no one called that out. That would have been the first one, I think, on everybody's list for that exact reason. So, yeah, like, what the fuck? Well, there might have been a green van or something like that. I don't think it was meant to be the mystery machine specifically. I thought, like, I thought I saw the logo and everything, so. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, well, I can't wait for Blu-ray now. Yeah, I'm going to have to go <laughs> back and and watch this again. I will um, absolutely look for that, but um, yeah, no. Overall, I, I think the movie is pretty good. Um, it's just it takes a while to get to the good stuff. Um, well, yeah, but that, that's the thing is that it, you know I, I've heard this this criticism before. It takes a while to get to the good stuff. The problem is that when you get only good stuff and no character development, then you get these five dollar bin, you know. Uh, late Van Damme, late Seagal action movies that really just plug uh, 
yeah, I mean, or or you know, insert action B action star here kind yeah, of plots. Do you know what I mean? That's true, but I think Marvel has gotten to a point now. And I was thinking about this today, um, driving home from work, um, and that was Marvel has set a standard. Okay, and that's a very, very high standard. They make very, very good movies. Mm-hmm. So any movie in the MCU, whether Marvel makes it or not, um, is going to have to be compared to that bar to be to be compared to that level. And I don't think Spider-Man lives up to that level. Um, you know, it's not, you know, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Oh, you know well, what I mean. I'll, I, I'll I'll agree there. I, I will absolutely agree with you there. I didn't. Uh, I came out of it li- loving it, but not like just in love with it, like Cap, like Winter yeah. Soldier. There's something special about that movie that hits all the right beats. Yeah, exactly. And all the right tones. Um, and and like I said, I, I I enjoyed the movie. I just came out going, wow. I was I I was really expecting more. You know what I mean? And, and I was I wasn't as like a lot of the jokes were very low hanging fruit, and I, I guess I just expect better from a Marvel a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, okay. But then I went home and found out that the writers were from Sony. I'm like, oh, that makes sense because they keep referencing their own movies. Yeah. Like the Kiss Upside Down, and yep. uh, there was another one in there too. But I mean, they referenced like, of course, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and then they. I mean that that was really low hanging. Like they're doing the parody on screen. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and then they, he runs reference... by a TV playing Ferris, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and he goes, "Hey, that's a good movie." While they're doing the parody, I'm like, "Okay." They they saw Deadpool and said, "We can do that too," and yeah, they can't. That's well, they that, can't. They're not doing it as well. But that's the thing is that has no place in a Spider-Man movie. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I mean, well, I mean, that's as far as I would ever go. Just the happenstance that someone's running, playing that on a TV while they're running through the backyard is as that is the absolute far as I would go with that kind of joke if I was going to do that. And I probably wouldn't have thought to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who has a TV yeah. in their backyard facing out, you know, <laughs> playing Ferris Bueller's Day Off? You know, uh, okay, maybe you're going to show Game of Thrones and have a party. You know, invite yeah. all your friends over. I get that, but but you're not having a Ferris Bueller. You're, you're not party, having you know? a Ferris Bueller John Hughes movie marathon in your backyard. Hey, what, you know what I mean? What do you What do you bring into FB Day this year? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I I agree with you there. Uh, I think some of the oh one of the other ones. Sorry, while we're on that, uh, because I I came across this in my Easter egg hunt. Um, at, to to your point, uh, Flash is driving up to the homecoming dance with his date and mentions a certain dish that they had and was like, "I know when this dish. I forget the name of it. I'm sorry. Uh, I I know when this dish is fresh and that and that that's not fresh. What they're referencing is Amazing Spider-Man, the first one when they're having dinner at the Stacy home, at Gwen Stacy's place. Okay. The raw f- the the fish on the table unskinned. Okay. That's the dish. Oh, okay. So there's yeah, there's another one of your little inside inside winks to you know, even so much as uh, to to Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um oh, yeah. A, another another one. Uh Liz uh uh or sorry, Betty Brant is talking to Liz and they're like, "Oh, well, what, you know, they're they're crushing on all of their like during the F Mary, you know, fuck Mary kill." Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, high school was kids it, doing that. Okay, doing it, was it yeah. fuck Thor, Mary, Tony Stark, melt money, and then kill Hulk? I took offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> no, thank you. Um, but um, anyway, and they're like, well, what about Spider-Man? And they're like, ew, he's probably 30. Ha ha, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, we're closer to 30 than gotcha. teenagers. Okay. Right? You know, that, so yes, you're right on track there. And, and they, they just kept going to that well of winking at the camera about their own movies. So yeah, I don't know. See, I, and this is the thing I don't even tell the Spider-Man homecoming story. Just tell your story. So you can see the Marvel influence though, when you get back to those action beats and moving it along and the integration having consequences of, uh, and this is where I start to like it. And maybe we're picking up on the same vibe. Maybe I'm just digging all the MCU stuff so much that I like this movie and where you're seeing the Sony stuff for what it is. And you know, maybe, maybe, maybe well, we're picking up on the same vibe. Yeah. Well, I like, like the whole vulture storyline, like the whole, what it, I love the whole setup for the vulture. Cause it comes right at the beginning. Yep. Um, and you know, it, you know, he's, uh, you know, uh, Michael Keaton is, uh, there to, uh, clear away the, the remaining Tachari, um, remnants. Tech. All of their, yeah, yeah. All yeah, their all, yeah. The battle damage from, yeah. The ba- so again, going back to that touch point of the battle of New York, I love that, that that's a huge touch point. They're going to have go- to stop doing that though. <laughs> well, I, I disagree. Well, I mean, eventually they're like, okay, you were still talking about New York. Okay. No, no, no. Oh no no no! But I mean, what we've had though is we we've had the, that's been the springboard for multiple characters, and sure. I like that that you know in, it's vaguely referenced in Daredevil. They don't they don't hammer on it, just vaguely like, yep, it just, this happens after that thing, yeah. done, right? Just to give it a, a, a general time. This yeah. one, this one, because it's going to influence the Vulture and what he can do, absolutely yeah. love it. Oh Absolutely. yeah, and, and, and that's yeah. exactly what I like too, because they they kind of steal the tech, because you know this um, damage control, which is I guess a Tony Stark property or business that he owns at a very yeah. high level, uh, comes in and they they've taken over the contract and he's going to lose all this money, so he steals the tech and starts building weapons and selling them on the black market. I like yeah, that this, setup as the villain. That's great. Yeah, this great and a villainous enterprise, and he just comes from the honest working man. Yeah. He tries to make good and gets screwed over by the top. So he says, fuck it. Like there's no, you know what I mean? Like you can see in that moment, and Michael P- Keaton plays such a great job of just being the everyman that just gets fucked over. And yeah. and you can see the villainous turn. It's like, I, I, I can't deal with this anymore. I'm, sa- I'm losing my job. I'm losing my house. I got a, a family pro- to provide for. Things have gone off the rails. So, so should I. Like you can, you just... You just see it, and it. You don't question the quick turn because everything happens to him so quickly. Yeah, he's he was on his way to a big job and a big payday, and it just got just t- uh, scooped, taken. You know, the rug swept out from under him. Uh, I love this setup to start with. So already, I'm in. Uh, yeah. Quick note about. Can I tell you a quick note about damage control? Okay. Uh, started off as a bit of a joke in the Marvel comics. It was kind of a lighter comic. The idea of uh, what. You know, someone came up with the idea of what would it look like to be the people cleaning up after all these superhero fights. Right. So the damage control started as a bit of a joke. I like how they brought it in and made it kind of a serious, almost shield kind of thing, but just, you know. I really like the, the whole Vulture storyline and everything that takes place within the Vulture storyline. What I didn't like was all the, basically all the bullshit that, t- that takes place before that uh, and sort of mixed in throughout it because you kind of get, you kind of go back and forth. Um, I I really I really did not care about Ned. 
Um, I thought he, <laughs> I thought he was annoying. Uh, the fact that he knows who Spider-Man is, like he he sees the I did like he knows the identity very early on in the movie. Yeah. Um, because I I've been so conditioned with this whole thing of you know, um, Spider-Man must keep his identity a secret. Well, fuck! Everybody knows Spider-Man in this one. You know, by the end of <laughs> Especially the movie, by the Ned end of knows, it. fucking Aunt May knows now. Um, that was crazy. Like, like Jesus Christ! Like, and and again, uh, and I'm going to be one of those guys. Flash Thompson. What a weak character! Is doesn't he eventually become Venom? Uh, yes. Really? That kid's yeah, going to be I, Venom? I don't. Uh, I agree with you there. I don't want this guy. I think for what he was given, he did a good job, but I don't like the way this character is written. I, I'm gonna I don't go, either. I'm going th- to throw it back to the writer, not the actor on yeah. this one. No, absolutely. I think they were trying to go for more of a modern cyberbully type, where well, you don't have to be physically imposing to be a bully. One of the guys at work um, sort of threw it back at me, and he said, well, he, he's not in a regular high school. He's in a high school for science and technology. A very That's science- a good point. So you wouldn't expect to have a big jock in that kind of school. And I'm like, well. That makes sense. Well, not necessarily, because just because he's a jock doesn't mean he can't also be smart. So kind of an all-around physically imposing, still mentally. Uh, yeah, he, uh, can, he can still be capable? very smart, right? Um, I don't know. I, I just thought if this is the bully character, uh, Tom Holland's better looking. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Holland is better with the quips. He's obviously smarter, considering uh, Flash is an alternate to the um, academia team. Yeah. Uh, and Peter Parker was on the main roster. Um, and it's... Uh, I, what really does he have to bully? Okay, he has more money. Okay. But, I mean, ultimately... If you look at the overall character of Flash Thompson, he's he's comic relief. Yeah, well, I really I, thought I he was supposed to be a, a spot of antagonism. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I think um, I think it was. See, I was torn on this because as a character in and of himself, I think he was. Uh, I think he was okay. That's kind of the modern day, uh, kind of the modern day geek, if you will. Someone. Sure who's okay with being a geek, they're confident in themselves and then, you know, and, you know, doing well off so they never have to worry about money. They know where they're going for their Ivy League school, uh, smart enough to get there, but then is a dick about it all. So yeah. that in and of itself, as an antagonist, I'm okay with. What I just, where I fell off was don't call him Flash Thompson. Make him a new thing. Yeah, make him something else. Make, make him, him a new Brock. Thing. No, no. Well, no way. Wasn't Eddie Brock just like Peter Parker? Eddie Brock was not just like Peter Parker. No, he oh. didn't go to Peter's high school. Uh, they just worked at the Bugle together, and he got scooped. They didn't know they didn't know each other before the Bugle. So, okay. yeah, okay. the the characters in the in the school were these deep cut kind of characters, and here's how I saw them. Since we're talking about them, if I may, yeah, go ahead. Um, I saw them as I don't. Kind of, I don't want to say necessary evil, that, that degrades them a bit too much, but just we have to see Peter Parker. We can't just all be Spider-Manning around all the time, as much as his name's on the title card. I think we need, uh, I see the face you're making, but I think we need uh, some Peter Parker. We need to see the, du- the juxtaposition of the secret identity, right? We need to see that. 
Um, so I think Ned serves a purpose as the, uh, you know, somewhat exposition. And they always seem to keep in mind that this could be, for some kids, their first Spider-Man movie. Maybe. Okay. So they they help define Spider-Man a little bit through what we see visually and what Ned asks, right? Can you do this? Can you do that? No, no, no. Uh, you know, and he answers these questions. Right. About, and then also making jokes about certain things like certain iterations of Spider-Man, again, for the comic book fans. If you don't, if you haven't read the comic books, it doesn't matter. It serves us more exposition, kind of, but in, in kind of in a fun way. He's the goofy, the goofy friend. He's the sidekick, right? Yeah. I love that he wants to be the guy in the chair because that's a can be a, like a comic book trope in general, or even an action movie trope in yeah. general. The guy in the chair. I love that he wants to be guy in the chair because we have Vulture with a very competent guy in the chair. We have the Tinkerer. Yeah. Right. So. The idea that he wants to be, uh, he's kind of a failed, well, he, he comes into his own at the end, literally, kind of, just kidding. Um, that's the porn joke. Anyway, oh, okay. um, so so I think Ned serves a purpose. It's a bit of comic relief and also a bit of exposition, right? Um, and then Peter has someone to confide in and and again, talk, so that way we get to see what, what he's thinking, what he's feeling about certain things. So I think Ned actually serves a purpose there. Ned- Liz? No, well, hang on, hang on. I, I do agree with you with Ned. The problem I have with it was it was too much. Mm, well, it was. It's worthy. It was just too much. It was. Oh my God! You're the Spider Man. Uh, he knows Spider Man. He can bring him to the party. And then, hey man, where are you at the party, man? Well, like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, can we? I just want to get to the Spider Man. I, you know, I paid for <laughs> Spider Man. You know, I paid for Godzilla. You know. Um, I get that, and it's setting up the characters fine, and doing all the sort of backstory stuff, and, and setting the parameters of his spider thing, right? Right, and and speaking of which, sorry, I'm going to jump in right here. Uh, this is one of the things that I liked is that they they were like, we're not going to give you another Uncle Ben, we're not we're not going to give you another death scene, we're right. not going to give you uh, another p- uh, great power comes great responsibility because you've seen that a few times already. We're going to reference it all. He's in a one off line. I don't want to put this on Aunt May because of everything she's been through. Done. Right. There's your... And I'm totally happy with that. See Batman v Superman? We don't need to do it a fourth time, you know? Yeah. So, um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. It's what we are all saying. They finally sure. listen and says, yeah, we don't need to, to... even Not even a flashback. We're good. Yeah. So, But you didn't need to fill it in. Like, the, the, the other major character I had a problem with was Michelle. Ah, uh, you know. Yeah, I was going to get to Michelle, but go ahead. Well, because I want to save. Um, was it Liza? Lisa? Liz? Liz? Um, I want to save her because I got more to say about her. But I mean, all the way throughout this movie, I didn't know her name until the end. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know why she was always there. She goes to detention because she likes to draw people in despair. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know. Throughout the whole movie, it just builds and builds and builds to the end where she says, well, my friends call me MJ. I'm like, really? That's what you were building to? And her name's not even Mary Jane? Well, and she may not even be the real MJ. She's she, It could uh, be a decoy. And she's not. Well, I, I know. And that's the whole thing. It's like, well, okay, so she's just, she's there to make snide, sarcastic r- responses like a fucking millennial. Okay. For millennials, I guess. I I, I guess I don't know. We're, I, we're not there. I really to, didn't like her at all. 
Yeah, we're not that target audience. And you're right. I, I, I wouldn't want to see Peter with her unless she has some sort of dramatic character change moment that that is legitimate. Not just, oh, shit, we wrote her too despondent and sarcastic. Yeah. Because I, w- I would rather have seen him get with Liz and date Liz. She seems like a genuine, nice person, intelligent, capable, you know, yeah. just generally speaking, overall better person than this bitter, I've got nothing better to do than to apparently stalk Peter and then make fun of him. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And the, one of the other problems I had with the with the whole friends thing was, and, and, I, and I understand and I think it's great that you have a, a lot of racial diversity. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think it's great, honestly and truly. Um, but in this movie, it felt kind of token. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it felt like, oh, we need a Hispanic character, we need a black character, we need a Puerto Rican character, and, you know, we need an Asian character, and they're all there. I- and, and, and did you know and, and it makes sense because it's a science and technology, so that you know all the smart kids from all the different races go to this one school. Fine, yeah. Um, but it it didn't feel genuine to me. I guess is the way to say it. Well, the problem with that is that it's never going to. I think it could. Like if they don't um, do it, they're if they don't do it, they're whitewashing. If they do do it, it seems forced to to be anti whitewashing. That's true. They, they can't win. Anytime they, because every single time it's been done, it's been criticized that way. That it's like, oh, well, they just did it to be inclusive. Yeah, because when we didn't be, when we weren't inclusive, yeah, when we were going to that Ivy League school and we only had the, you know, very few. Now we're whitewashing. Uh, like you can't can't win for losing. I'm not. That's that's, that's true. not. A, that's true. I'm not saying to not do it. Uh, the inclusion is more realistic to me because. There's, you know, smart yeah, people from everywhere. Sure. That's all, you know. So to me, that makes sense. Even actually, um, the they had a one girl who's, uh, and for lack of a better term, a bit more, a bit less athletic. Let's put it that way. There's that one girl. Brief, brief. Uh, her name's Sally. Uh, she was the one that she was kind of like laying on the floor and she just looked up and says, yeah, Peter's not going to the, to the academic whatever marathon. But anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. I know. Yeah, okay, that, I know the one you're talking about. Right, and so that's been, uh, a, I think, a healthy trend. Um, like I, I look at uh, you know movies like Pitch Perfect and Rebel Wilson, right? Right. She's you know she she's not she doesn't look the same as uh, Anna Kendrick, but she's just as much a character, right? So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's from what I've seen in trailers. I actually haven't watched Pitch Perfect. So. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, so the now what they did here, and see this is where, if you don't like the characters, that's fine. They're not a huge part of the movie. I think they do. Here's what they do bring, and I know I'm stre- I might be stretching as much as Peter's web here, <laughs> but they at least give him a peer group to to have to um, answer, to. get along with, yeah, and interact with, right? So. We, because we see him happiest as Spider Man, and then kind of anxious as Peter Parker, just trying to make sure that no one figures out that he's Spider Man, and work it all in, right? Like he hides even web flu and stuff throughout the school. Um, he has to make excuses not to be there. It's kind of like when it's kind of like, to me, it's like the Daily Planet scenes in Superman, where you know they're there they're there to to do some stuff but it's really let's just watch him be awkward about this dual identity so i think that's where this school comes in um for 
the old school comic book readers, and this ain't me. I had to I had to look into this. Uh, of the his the characters, the there was the one uh, young lad Abe. Uh, he was the guy I think with kind of an African accent. Okay. Okay. Um, on, the, on the academia team, right? On the team, on the yeah. team. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Abraham Brown um, in the comic book. That's uh, the AKA of a superhero called Black Tiger. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah, there's a Asian lady, a uh, young lady, Cindy Moon, who in the comic books eventually becomes a uh, an alternate universe uh, v- version of Spider-Man called Silk. Um, and then the 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 not so athletic uh, Sally Avril tried to become a superhero called Bluebird and died in a car accident. <clears throat> okay. So again, this is where I I think now apparently the director is a huge Easter egg fan, right? He likes to do this stuff, right? But I like the way he did it. If you know, you know. If you don't, it doesn't matter because they're throwaway characters. Even Liz Allen. Um, 1964, pre-Mary Jane, this was a, 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 the name of a girl that Peter Parker had a crush on in high school as a kid. Okay. This was, yeah, this was the, the before Mary Jane was even around. This was who Peter was jonesing for. It was Liz Allen. So being bringing that and, and now using them as basically disposable characters, because if we don't see them again, we're not, we're not going to be so hung up on it. I think it's a good introduction to Peter's world. He has uh, the only one I have the problem with is Flash. The rest are disposable. So well, he has his. Pu- let's talk about Liz Allen for a second. Yeah. Um, overall, didn't have much of a problem with her. Um, no, I thought she, I, I thought she served her purpose. The one thing, um, and it has to do with her reveal, or mm. more her family reveal, um, where he goes to pick her up for prom. And lo and behold, it her father is Michael Keaton. I know. Um, it got two instant reactions from me. I was first like, oh, shit. And then I went, oh, shit. <laughs> because at that point, I realized it's kind of forced. Mm. Or not forced. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, too convenient? Well, it, 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 it's a cheat. I, it, the movie takes a cheat there because there's really no um, indication prior to this that Liz and Michael Keaton are related at all. You know, she's black, he's white, and okay, he has a she has a black mother. That's fine. Blended family, yeah. The blended family, that's fine. No problem with that. But the last names are different. Um, well, here's the thing. We never hear the last name. For Liz. Yeah, we do. It's Alan. Who says it, though? They say it all the I time. Say, they say it right, I, the, right at the beginning. Ned says it. He's like, oh, it's Liz Allen when she first appeared. Are you, are you sure? Or I, is it just Liz? I knew her name long before. Okay. And they said that his name is Tombs. Yeah. So, you know, like, and I, like, I'm kind of 50 50 on it because it's a great reveal and it leads yeah. to a very, very, um, great scene and a very high tension where, and I love how the Michael Keaton figures it out just on small things that Liz says. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you were here and then you were at the party and then you vanished and then you were in Washington, D.C. and then you vanished again. And, okay. Well, both of those times, Spider-Man showed up and fucked me. 
good chance he's fucking Spider-Man. Because in a lot of yeah. other movies, the villain wouldn't put that together. Or the hero wouldn't put that together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like how he does it, and he does it quickly. Um, that being said, I still think it's kind of a cheat to sort of get to that point. Um, okay, okay. I, I, I think I see what you're saying. A bit of a shortcut. But I, I think the reason I like it was because, A, uh, the divorce rate, especially in the States, is probably now above 50%. It's actually so, below, believe it or not. Is it below? Yeah. Okay, but you still have been a fi- declining. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But I think it's just less people are getting married. But um, well, there's that too. You, yeah. Well, that's the thing, and you have a high, uh, really high. Still, the the odds are really high that most kids in that school, by the time they get to high school, have a step parent. Sure. So, and being someone in that category, in that percentile, yeah, I, I'm I perfectly am on board with it, and and it didn't seem like oh, a cheat sure. to me. I well, thought it was I- a clever way to get to. Because in in some movies the villain never knows who the hero is, and now granted in the MCU they usually come out and just tell you who they are, so it's not a big deal. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Right. So this is kind of the first time they're really, really playing with that, and the fact that they have that, like I was totally taken aback. Both me and uh, I went with friend of the show Big Mac, and we were both like, "Whoa!" You know, <laughs> like yeah. As, we gasped along with the rest of the theater, being like, "Okay, they got me. They they fucking got me." We figured he was going to show up at homecoming and ruin the dance, but I had no idea it was going to start this early. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I do what I do. I I do see what you're saying. The old Spidey sense did go off and be like, "Wow, that's awfully convenient now." Yeah. And is that yeah? Is yeah. Point? It, it it is a little convenient, and I think it goes like I said. For for me, it goes as far as being a cheat. the The other the flip side of that is it cheats in a good way because it gets to a really good place in the movie um yeah that scene in the car oh and, yeah and the way michael keaton played it and I, this is one of my favorite moments is is uh he does the interrogation more or less right with with liz in the car yeah goes, oh oh really huh oh oh, oh spider-man showed up huh and then oh 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 you know spider-man huh you know that kind of stuff yeah and then there's this moment when he's asking liz to leave he's like Listen, Gumdrop, can you can you wait outside? I'm going to give Peter the dad talk, and just the way he rolls his eyes yeah. and he does, like complete like the even right from when Peter gets to the door of the house, and he's in total dad mode. It's something we hadn't seen yet in this movie. The the home life that he's been talking about, we finally get to see, and he's just a regular dad. He doesn't know that this kid's Spider Man when no. he first gets to his door. But he's doing all the dad stuff, shaking the knife. Are you nervous, Peter? Da, 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 da. You know, I mean, like, yeah, that's yeah. a complete dad move, eh? So, uh, all this stuff is just, like you said, I guess if it's a cheat, then bravo, they got away with it because uh, it, as the ref- I'm willing to forgive, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm the referee, I'm letting this one go just because the play is so good. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, and it's. And, and and I love the whole scene, too, because the only thing – it was the first time that made me laugh in the movie was when they took the picture and Peter Parker has that kind of eh, yeah. face on him. Um, <laughs> and most of the pictures he's looking right at tombs. Yeah. And so, like, it, it's really neat because obviously Peter knows, but now – he doesn't know, and okay, well, how long is it going to take for him to know? And that's what I mean, because in this movie, like, that stuff was really good. And the, you know, the big conversation they have in the warehouse is really good. 
Um, and Tony Stark coming in and sort of berating him and taking away his thing. Now, we saw that in the trailer, but that was really good. Um, even the Captain America cameos. Oh, my God. I thought they were funny. Didn't laugh, but I thought they were funny. Me Um, too. That kind of thing was really good. Like I said, I I just think that they could have taken out some of the other stuff and just not put it in. Like, you didn't have to have Peter Parker going to a party and then bailing on the party to go... um, interrupt this arms deal. Well, he, he could see, have just been doing something and then interrupted the car, the, the arms deal. Well, you know I think I mean? though that, that is, I think that was a well done because a, it didn't take too, too long. It didn't. No. And, and, and B it, it's this uh, whole thing well, about, yeah, like it, like we, we see his apprehension in the car because of what Ned's proposing, right? The idea of like it's not just Peter showing up, it's Spider Man, and and he has a decision to make: does he use Spider Man for his own personal gain? Yeah, right. Because socially, on the social ladder, that would bring him up a few rungs that he couldn't get to on his own, just being Peter Parker. So, does he use that? And that I think is a genuine temptation that a fifteen-year-old boy sure. would face, given that choice. You and I never got to do that, so <laughs> I have a feeling fifteen-year-old me would have done it. I, I I'm not uh, proud of that, but I do think that fifteen-year-old me would have done it just for the sake of like having the bully leave me alone for a day or two. Yeah. Um, you know, or whatever. Right. So that, that kind of thing, uh, I, I think hit home, uh, nicely. And again, this is ups to Tom Holland, right. For, for bringing that in. I think we had some nice, uh, um, like relationship building moments with him and at me learning how to tie a Windsor knot. This is something uncle Ben would have done, would have taught yeah. Peter how to tie a tie, but, in, again, he's conspicuous by his absence, um, and again, not bringing it up, but just that we know that he's not there, and so they have to learn together, because she doesn't know how to do it, because Uncle Ben would have learned from his dad how to tie his own ties, right. so she's never had to tie a knot. You know what I mean? Like, that, that that kind of very subtle thing of them bonding. She's teaching him how to dance, how to be nice to girls, giving them all of this stuff that maybe would have been fatherly advice. This is Aunt May now, um, uh, having to carry that. And driving, you know, driving him to his first big high school party because he's a freshman, I guess, or um, sophomore, maybe second year, I think. Second year, I think, yes. Yeah, and she's, yeah. And so here he is oh, trying he to. I think they I say. I think they say it in the movie, but it's a quick drop line. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know that they're like she, he's not in the same grade as she is, so he's trying to be with an older. Yeah. Maybe by maybe by a year or so, like she's probably sixteen. Yeah. But, you know, trying to date, a, a, you know, a senior girl. And so his love life is getting, in, you know, because he could have went to the party. She wanted him to be there. You can see it. But then it's, you know, uh, datus interruptus because of Spider-Man duties. Yeah. So I think the party scene is a good one um, well, for that fact. And they get a lot done quickly. Okay. Well, then let me throw this at you. The... Scene at the Washington Monument. Um, I understand that they have to get him to where Vulture is. And this was a convenient way to do it. Um, But ultimately, I think moving them to D.C. and having them to go to D.C. 
not necessary. Um, I think they could have, you could have written it where Vulture was getting something from maybe just out of town. And that whole warehouse is maybe just out of si- just outside of New York, which would make sense because the the attack uh, happened in New York, right? Oh no, they're going to the building. They're going to the Triskelion, which okay. is in Washington. Um, yeah, okay. So they have some leftover shield tech there from the three Insight Herald carriers that crashed. Right. Okay. Yeah. And Just- and then the. But but I think what that sets up um, for the interrogation scene uh, in the car that we we just talked about. Because now it you does. have Vul- you have Vulture's daughter in the building. It's about to they're about to die. Spider Man saves them, all building up to that that showdown in the car, which just takes place in, in a beat up old Bentley or whatever Jaguar, and it's such a great scene. And it's you you know what you save my daughter. He obviously is not afraid of Spider-Man. He doesn't know what he can do, and he doesn't give a shit. It's a little kid. You fucked in my shit. You saved my daughter, so you otherwise, like, if he hadn't have done what he did in Washington, then he would have died. Yeah, I know he would have used that. Yeah, well, first of all, he wouldn't have picked him up for the prom, but he would have absolutely killed Spider-Man the first chance he got. The, well, this is the first chance that he gets once he figures out that Parker's Spider-Man, and he doesn't do it because you saved my daughter. That's what Washington brought in. Was that tete-a-tete and being able to, for both parties to walk away. He gives them that one out. Says, I just saved your life. And we're now we're even. So, messing my shit again and you're dead. Okay. Fair enough. I didn't, and, I didn't realize that the wrong. building was in, was in Washington. Um, uh, the Triskelion? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I should have um, realized. I watched the fucking movie. And, well, they show it in Ant-Man at the beginning too. Uh, being built. It was built in the 80s. Oh, okay. It's a very quick shot at the beginning. If you don't remember it, then that's not a big thing. But that's, again, just that's more of the tie-in stuff, which which I like, right? That, that Okay, so he moved on to, you know, from Avengers now to the fallout of Winter Soldier. He's there cleaning up or, you know, trying to pilfer stuff from that uh, big, you know, mess. I mean, if he'd been allowed to go on, he might have, like, been, all right, boys, pack it up. We're going to Sokovia, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was just more interested in whether or not he was going to join the Avengers. Um, I was really more interested in the whole whole Tony Stark mentoring thing. Ooh, yes. Um, Let's talk about that for a sec. Yeah, I just just think that a lot of the high school stuff maybe could have been cut down. Like, this movie was two and a quarter hours. Mm. Maybe cut out 20 minutes. Uh, You know, get get to the good stuff quicker. You know what I mean? I might agree down, but not out. I I really think the the high school stuff really grounded Parker. And and I'll go with that too. I'll I'll, I'll agree to agree there. You can, you can keep the party and you keep the Washington D.C. thing because they are important and you make me see that. Um, just maybe cut it down. Maybe less jokes. Maybe less. Oh hey, nice movie. You know. Uh, you know splash. Oh sorry. You know. Maybe less of that. Uh, maybe the montage where he get where near the beginning where he's doing nothing. As much as I see the importance of that, um, you know he. It would, the way I see it, you know, he starts off his career. It's basically like if if you were to go into professional wrestling, and you immediately got a title shot with you know against John Cena. Yeah, at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, and now all of a sudden they say, okay, now let's you wait for our phone call. It's like what? Yeah, I <laughs> like that. I I like that idea because yeah, it's like we 
you're still young. Go to school. We'll call you. Get some more and experience. Then, but yeah. then he gets the big ideas like, wow, I was in the Avengers battle and I'm really important. And his ego gets super big. And then it, I, I can see how that's devastating to a 15-year-old. Yeah. Um, I can certainly understand that. Um, and I very much liked that. I liked the the the, <laughs> the home movie he makes that he can't show anyone. Yeah. Um, and I like the a little too much happy in this movie. Well, I think that was because we we didn't want to have too much Tony Stark, but so I, I, I like. The I would much rather see too much Tony Stark. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I really I, thought I think, you were going to fly fly the other way on that. No, one. Right, I, that's cool. No, because he did a great job in this movie. Like at first, he uh, he sends out his suit when he's berating him after saving him from being drowning, um, and blah blah blah. And he reveals, "No, I'm not here. I'm in India or whatever." Um, yeah. And then the second time he shows up to really give him shit. He's actually there. I thought that, yeah. I thought there was a great duality of like, no, I fucking need the suit back, you know. And and this is important enough now. I need to apparently over the phone's not cutting it. I need to show up in person to to, to give get you through the to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and I really like that. What what I think Happy did for me, as bad as that sounds. Uh, using happy, what that did for me, to me, that came across as almost a constant reminder of how dismissive Tony was being in terms of you're not an Avenger yet. Like if, like, you know, Thor doesn't have to go through happy Hogan to talk to Tony. (laughs) Captain America doesn't have to go through happy Hogan, neither does Black Widow or the Vision or even Scarlet Witch, right? Yeah. They would have a direct, Scott Lang, maybe, Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Black Panther, probably not. Uh, but do you know what I mean? Like, it's this idea of it's almost a constant reminder of him being dismissive. Like, don't talk to me. Talk to my assistant. And then if I need you, then I will come a call in, right? But then, so that and does I don't make... I agree th- with that. But the thing was, is I think they just, there, there was too many scenes of him. Like, hey, it's Peter Parker. It's Peter. Parker. Oh, hey, it's just me again. It's Peter. Parker. A text message. Hey, it's Peter. Parker, you know, like there's just too many times. You know how you're you're a rule comedian of three. like me, yeah. Rule rule of three, and like you, I, uh, you yeah. go to the well too many times. It, it's it's not. It doesn't it, it it doesn't help you in the way you think it does. And, um, yeah, and minor no, you're, critique, minor critique, but still, you're right. You're right. I mean, it, it does. There is payoff at least where the message is that he's leaving, uh, not just happy, but Stark has been listening to them. Because he calls the FBI about tombs. He he remembers when Peter tries to lie and say that he's in band practice. He says, Happy told me you quit band. Yeah. You know, so these daily reports that he's giving, while they're not being acknowledged, are being heard. And are that's kind of... Yeah. And that comes... Uh, that, that book ends it nicely where he thinks he's being completely ignored at the beginning. Turns out he's not. He's just not... They just don't need him and they don't want him yet. Yeah. They need him to cut his teeth some more. And so they've been listening, but just it's not enough to really warrant a reply every time he sends a message, you know. Yeah. So I, I do like this. He's being overzealous uh, with the messages, too. Yeah, yeah, too detailed. Like talking about giving a lady directions and getting a churro. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, that's no, that funny. Was funny, but. Yeah. yeah. And even acknowledge, why did I bring up the churro? Yeah. And the weird but thing he, was, is like he, he stops a guy from stealing his own car. But the guy was trying to break into the passenger side. 
Was he or was it the driver's side? No, it was the passenger side. Because eh, well, that threw me off, like... and I was like, well, okay, but I can kind of understand where Spider-Man's coming from here. Like, he was trying to get in the passenger side, but anyway. It's not my car, so. <laughs> but I get you your Stan Lee cameo, so. Uh, remarkable thing about those, like, uh, some of them were filmed in advance, eh? What do you mean? Well, uh, from what I understand, um, and I could be wrong with this, but from what I heard, uh, while on the uh, uh, while filming uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy cameo, James Gunn was asked to direct a few more because Stan may not always be around. Be around. Yeah. Right. So they banked a bunch of them, and, I, and so that small part may have been directed by James Gunn. Okay. Which is kind of fun. Hey, how's your mother? You know, just uh, he gets to be a New Yorker. I, I'm over the Stan Lee cameos at this point. I'm like, oh, great to see you. But ultimately, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, he, he created Spider-Man. So I think this is if there's oh, sure. he's going to have I'm a cameo. He doesn't deserve to be in them. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I, but I mean, I they, personally am just over it. I, I don't care what he shows. Now, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 one, that was interesting because that gives a sort of um, a look into what he could possibly be. He could be possibly be a watcher or a watcher for yeah. the watchers. Um, yeah, which explains why he shows up everywhere exactly. because he's watching, he's observing everything. So. Yeah, but showing up Love in a painting in Big Hero Six, yawn. You know, oh, oh, I, I, oh he's I the strip even. club DJ, yawn. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, like I went to see this movie on a Sunday on Sunday night, uh, the Late Show. Uh, it was kind of embarrassing because I didn't realize I went to see a 3D. So oh. so the thing came on, put on your 3D glasses now. I had to get up from the second to back row, walk all the, way, all down, the way down, across the theater, <laughs> back down the aisle, get my 3D glasses, come back up, across the theater, back <laughs> up the steps, all the while thinking, oh, these fucking people know I didn't get the fucking 3D glasses because not one other person moved. Um but there wasn't it, it wasn't very full in my theater. It was maybe maybe three rows full. And this was okay. you know, this was the main one. This was number one. So I, I didn't go on a Friday night. Kinda wish I had to see what that would have been like. I think that would have been more heavily attended. But I mean I went to two different screenings, two different theaters, once in three D, uh, and once in two D, and yeah, they were not as full as I expected. But then again, one of them was like an eleven o'clock in the morning. Okay. So not the most popular time to go, uh, but it was on a rainy Saturday, so whatever. Yeah. And then the other one was at a five o'clock showing. Be more popular, but not at dinner time, so probably not as you know. Well, it's Spider Man. You would you would expect a big turnout no matter what. I honestly expected it to be to be full. Like I, I, mean, yeah, I, I yeah, worried I thought, about being sold out. Um, agreed. Yeah. Because that's happened um, to me. Like Batman, Lego Batman was sold out. Now that was an afternoon showing with the kids, but oddly still. enough, when I was I was coming out of the bathroom at one of the showings and I saw this young couple uh, going into Wonder Woman, and she's got him by the arm and she's dragging him in. He looks over at Spider Man. You can almost see in his face like, ah. <laughs> oh, he went in this weekend. Uh, he went to see Wonder Woman this weekend, yeah. Now, granted, he would not have been disappointed once he saw the final product, but at the same time, you can almost see in his face, like, oh, I wish I was going there. Yeah. <laughs> but the girlfriend wanted to see Wonder Woman, so. The girlfriend's like, no, we're seeing mine for once, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 
No, that was fun. Like I said, w- when it gets to the vulture stuff, like the big battle scene at the end. Although I have to I have to be honest, maybe it was the 3D. Um, I don't think the 3D is worth it for this one. I can agree with that, uh, having seen it in both. Um, and to be honest, in a couple of scenes, the CGI was pretty blatant. Um, yeah. And a lot yeah. of the Spider-Man swinging around things. Um, the final the final battle was pretty dark. Um, so you really couldn't see much. It wasn't all that much shaky cam. There was a little bit, but not 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 too much to complain about. But yeah. Um, and again, I think that that adds to the, my thing of this movie does not live up to the sort of the, the standard that Marvel has set. Because, you know, the CGI was not as good as, say, Civil War. And, you know, some of the scenes were a little bit too dark. Or, you know, the, these scenes went on a little bit too long. And this was too many times going to the same joke. Um, and the payoff for the MJ thing, not exactly great. That did not land. No. Um, so that's why it's sort of, I can honestly say, I, I do recommend the movie. I think it's a good movie. Um, just, I think it, my expectations were a little bit higher because it's a part of the MC, MCU. They made mm-hmm. a big deal of getting Spider-Man so he can be in the MCU so they can be in Infinity War and everything else that they're doing later on. So I really expected them to sort of take, I expected them to take better care of this movie. Whereas I think they let a lot of things go, like a lot of the jokes were low-hanging fruit. It's like, no, you can't steal my car, you can't steal my car. Cut, and the car's driving away. Oh, and he can't drive. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No. I like that. Ah, I get it. Yet. I get it, but... That would happen. I, I think that's funny. I know, I know, I know. Um, and like the, um, well, the scene where he's uh, learning from Karen about his suit, and he's trapped in the warehouse... And he's going through the protocols. First off, I love the naming of the pro- the babysitter protocol, training wheels protocol, the training wheels protocol, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I like the naming of those. Um, but when he's talking to Karen and blah blah blah, and he's going through all these things. It's really funny. And it's like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do this. And he's got all these different webs going up against the the, the thing, and he's learning about all these little powers. He's going great. Then he goes, uh, how long has it been? 37 minutes. 37 minutes? And I'm like, okay, that's even a little quick for me to, to for me to believe. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so just, it just takes it a little bit too far for me personally. Just, yeah, cut it down. Just cut it down. And then, like I said, I think I just, I, I expected more out of Spider-Man. So, especially b- being that is the, the first one in the MCU. So, overall. Okay. Well, then, Mazo, that seems to be your, your final thoughts there. Uh, Yeah. No, yeah, I think so. Like I said, a lot of good stuff in it. It's just there was some stuff in there that I didn't like. Um, I'm not trying to hate on it or anything like that, but, you know, just honest opinion, and that's what the show is for. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, you talked me up. I, I can tell you that. Because I probably was leaning more towards a 6, a 6.5. But I think you talked me up to a a 7.5 homing spiders out of 10. Okay. You? All right. Well, um, 
Okay, I'll do my final thoughts and ratings, and then as a as a bonus section, I'll uh, I want to go over some of these uh, um, Easter eggs. Okay. Okay. Uh, I I mean I've mentioned some already, so it won't be too too many. Um. So, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think, and sadly, I think we were both in the, in the 3D viewings, the victims of the 3D conversion process. Yeah. Um, it wasn't filmed for 3D, and I, I, I've noticed this as a trend, is that 3D movies, when they get converted, sometimes they just get darker than their 2D counterparts. And I did. there was a considerable notice when I saw it in 2D, because I, I wanted to see that, because I did find that end fight scene. I was like, wow, this is kind of dark. And saw it in 2D. Now, granted, it doesn't fix everything. It doesn't make like, ah, you know, all of a sudden it takes place during daytime. Right. But, um, but the, it is a noticeable difference enough to fix the lighting problem. Okay. Uh, the, th- the 3D was okay. Uh, I, I did notice a few things every once in a while when he would web something or whatever. Uh, like you get a little wisp of web that just kind of sits in your 3D section of your vision. Yeah. Thing, little things like that were cool. Um, but, not, but you're right. Not enough to pay the extra three or four bucks, though. I agree. Yeah. I think, yeah, this, like, the Blu-ray will be just fine. I don't need to go out and get a 3D TV for this. Yeah. You know, um, but I think there's some rewatchability there. I think there's a, a great, there's some great action. The Vulture was done so well. Um, yeah. I they agree. actually managed to make the Vulture cool, which actually was next to impossible. <laughs> or so we all thought. Uh, an aging, balding man getting in Spider-Man's cross, so to speak. Uh, didn't think we could do it, but then Michael Keaton showed up, and then the tech showed up, and then linking it to the Chitauri and, and the MCU and everything like that. Having the idea of... I even love the idea that you almost have... Like, you have Iron Man as his mentor, but then his enemy is almost evil Iron Man. This is what Iron Man could have been. You could have just made this tech and stolen shit to, to no end, but because Tony already had money, he could be more benevolent, right? Where you have a guy like Adrian Toomes, did it out of necessity. He even had the flight thing almost the same as Iron Man, but just in night vision. Yep. You have the goggle vision, yeah, which I thought was was real, a nice touch. Like, he almost is Iron Man to a degree, but just bad because yep. he has to, because he feels that he has to be. So, you know, he takes the wrong or right out of it and says, no, this – whatever is necessary is the right thing to do. So that's a really cool kind of villain to go up at it, up against because he thinks he's doing the right thing. And that, that always gets me. I've said yeah. it before and no, I'll say it again. You're absolutely right. He's, he, he is a sympathetic villain because you understand yeah. why he's doing what he's doing and he's doing it for his family, which ultimately is the best reason to do anything. Yep, exactly. So, uh, things like that, like you said, the whole vulture story is great. You're right. Uh, the school could have been a little, a little less, but I th- I thought there was some necessity to it, um, and then just uh, you know uh, I I think they've got a great a great start because this school stuff isn't necessary. It's because they can use it to build. They can change. Like Liz is gone now. Great. They yeah. can bring, they can make room to see what happens with Michelle. Maybe Michelle isn't going to be the MJ. Probably not. Yeah. And and I'm fine with that because I don't like this character as she is now. She better be a little bit nicer, or else, you know, he's going to kick her to the curb. So yeah, and that's fine though. This is this is still a growing hero. He's not yet there. He's not 
yet an Avenger. He turned, he recognizes that by the end of the movie and turns down the position that he wanted so badly at the beginning of the movie. That was weird it. to me, actually. Yeah, if we could just talk about that for a second, because he gets offered basically a spot in the Avengers. Oh, and, yeah. And I like the drop line of, yeah, your room's next to Vision. Uh, he's not one for doors or walls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I really kind of like that. But then he turns around and says, no. And I was yeah. I was almost disappointed by that because like, God damn it, I want Spider-Man in the Avengers. I'm not even a comic book fan. <laughs> and, God but damn I, it. <laughs> but I like the character development here. He's, he, he, he has this sudden moment of realization. He's only 15. He's not ready for all this yet. Yeah. He thought he wanted it. He doesn't. Not yeah. yet. He needs to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I love that they give him the moniker. I wish this movie had been called Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. As opposed to, because Homecoming didn't really factor too much, and he was there for like 30 seconds. From what I understand, the the next, I guess they have a trilogy planned. Um, I don't know what the middle one's going to be called, but the third one's going to be Spider-Man Graduation. Oh, nice. So it's Homecoming, fucking Sadie Hawkins Day Dance Graduation, uh, or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the second yeah. one would be called. I'm not an American. Is it Spider-Man Midterms? Yeah, yeah. Spider- yeah Spider-Man Final Exams. Graduation or something. I don't know. Um, oh, all keeping with the high school theme? I yeah, guess. from what I understand. Yeah, okay. now that could be rumor. That could be true. I don't know. But that's that's what I've heard. Um, well, and that's, and that's what I like is that they've at least set the stage for us that we can go back to this school. We don't have to have the same students. They can transfer in and out. So Zendaya could take a walk and then the real MJ could be, you know. I really hope she that, does. I didn't like her that, at all. Have that Dreamweaver song moment where she's walking down the hall and the lights just so and yeah. whatever. It's a soft um, camera lens. The soft camera lens. <laughs> the somewhere there's a fan on her for some reason and the wind's blowing <laughs> yeah. in her. I always like when they do the Why thing with like the big light behind her and it's suddenly up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, Dreamweaver. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And uh, or like. And then, of course, they what they do is they would pan, and, and it turns out behind her, like, the janitor is just changing the light, and so that's why it's, like, just so, and it's behind her head. or you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. Well, actually, considering all the 80s music in, in, in this movie, especially, it's weird, because I guess every, every prom scene or every dance scene in movies nowadays, it seems that the kids are always listening to 80s music. I know. It, there wasn't a flock back? of seagulls. I was like, really? Flock of seagulls? And it's not even Iran. It's one of their B-sides. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, like and I'm it, like, what? A weird like, okay. deep cut. So I'm like, it, so maybe maybe when MJ's walking down the thing and he sees her for the first time, it'll be, and then I saw her face. I'm a believer. You know? <laughs> hey, at least so it won't weird. be, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that... Well, and that's the thing is that the guys. Oh, the, Harvey, Harvey Keitel. Oh, the the, the guy. <laughs> Inside the, the guys. Go ahead. The guys who are writing this movie, they're our age, though. That's the problem mm-hmm. with that. I mean, they really should have maybe got a consult and like, let's bring in DJ Teen Year Old and yeah, like and they'll do the movie music Beyonce. for us. Beyonce's hip enough. I think you could pass with a Beyonce. You and you're Disney. <laughs> you can afford a Jay Z song. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's no, not you're be right. Writing dirty or anything by Chameleon, but you know something more recent, something within the last I don't know five years. Five years? Yeah, you exactly. Know, get Kesha. I'm sure her songs are go go pretty cheap. 
No, no, you, you hit it right with Queen of Pop right there. I mean, she got the mantle from Madonna. We don't need a Madonna song. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, we can yeah, use exactly. Beyonce. That's fine. That Yeah. Uh, so, but, but still, I like the stage that they've set now for the school. That's now kind of an established place. So we know how it works. Um, that it's not a regular school. There's going to be sciencey stuff going on. And I love the possibility there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the relationship with Aunt May. I love that she's a bit younger, hipper, uh, hotter Aunt May. Um, All nine points drive, driven home too. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, a little too much there. Yeah, but uh, the waiter, fine. the waiter was just about the tipping point. If there's anything yeah. more than that, I probably would have rebuked it. But that was okay. Tony Stark hit on her, and then the the waiter hit on her. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I was waiting for Ned to hit on her, but you know, yeah. Well, that's that kind of you know, the crush on your yeah anyway your buddy's aunt anyway yeah. uh, so uh, but overall I I really didn't enjoy it you're right it's not Winter Soldier but damn was it good I was very happy with this yeah I liked it better than Doctor Strange I'll say that ooh I gotta remember what I gave Doctor Strange because I think I like this about as much okay uh so barring not remembering exactly what I gave Doctor Strange I'm I'm I'll admit you talked me down. I don't mean to talk to you down, but there, no, no, you raised some good points, and I don't. I, I'm not trying to. I, I don't want to obviously dismiss anything you said. You did raise some good points, and you're not the only one to raise them. Um, but my overall enjoyment of this movie, I was happy to go back and see it twice. I made time yeah. to see it again, saying, thinking that yes, I absolutely want to see this again. So uh, my overall rating, uh, yeah, you know what? Um, no, I'll stick with my original. I'm going to give it a nine. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm giving it nine out of five hundred and thirty. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say nine out of ten possible web shooter options because that's about how many we version saw. Version three, yeah. That's about how many we saw. There was about ten. Yeah. Um, now, and, if and I, I liked how he started using them too, and he didn't call back to them either. Like he didn't say, "Okay, now give me the one that we saw before and ten minutes ago in the scene previously." He just, yeah. he just he just uses them, and I liked yeah. that. Yeah, like on the by the fairy scene, he uses he needs the explosive one. He uses it. He gets it. Bam, done. Uh, in the fight with uh, with Vulture, he needs the electric one, so he you know he hits it. Yeah, like just go. Um, I've heard some criticism about the suit. By the way, uh, I like suit. it. The how it's too much Tony Stark. I disagree because it was made by Tony Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark gave it to him. I have no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. So of course it's going to have those options. All right. So into here's where we get into a few uh, Easter eggy type stuff. Okay. The the suit at the very end. Right. Notice how it was it was almost like Iron Man armor, but for Spidey. Yeah, it was gold. Yeah. It was yeah, it had some gold accents to it and stuff like that. It's a uh, very reminiscent of the Iron Spider uh, costume that he gets in the comic book Civil War when he goes to work. He actually at one uh, during Civil War, Iron Man hires Peter Parker to work for him, and knows he's Spider Man. But he goes to work for Stark Industries as Peter Parker, and then but Tony Stark knows that he's Iron Man and offers him that as well, like to be an Avenger with him, kind of thing, right? Right. And he says, "Well, here, here's what I've got for you," and he gives him the Iron Spider suit, it, which has even more capabilities, including uh, two arms that he can control with with like voice command and stuff. Okay. So he looks more spiderly because you got these two extra arms that do stuff for him. Um, so that was a shout out there. Speaking of the suit. Uh, the voice of the suit lady, aka Karen, Jim. voiced by Jennifer Connelly. Yep. Married to Paul Bettany, who, who of course, was Jarvis. Yep. So keeping that in the family. 
um, which I thought was fun. That was nice. Yep. It, uh, I thought for sure he was going to get Friday. I thought he was going to get a version of Friday, but nope, they gave him his own, which was nice. So we'll, you know, hopefully we'll see uh, Suit Lady again, and it'll be Jennifer Connelly, who of course was uh, Betty Ross in the Ang Lee Hulk. So yeah. Now the one Easter egg I did catch well, it was pretty blatant, but the um, was it Betty Bryant? Betty Brandt. Betty Brandt. Um, she's doing the the uh, the school news. Oh, I love and, this! And she's terrible at it. They which, both are. Well, he's but but he's a little bit more charismatic than she is. Like she's okay. And there was a thing to that the, the chess club will be meeting at twelve o'clock today, and that kind of leads you to believe that it is believable that she's only a secretary at the <laughs> at the. Um, at the bugle, at the bugle, so I, I kind of like that. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that was funny. No, agreed, absolutely love it. And then they they do get a chance to show her just as a person, right? When they're talking, the fuck Mary kill. Yeah, that's her talking, right? So the, I'm glad that they gave that actress that scene to be like, no, this isn't just bad acting. This is like this character does not like being on camera, but somehow needs to do it or feels like she needs to do it for extra credit or something. Yeah. Like you almost feel like the character is just kind well, of pushed going, into doing. She's going into the media, media side, yeah, media, media side arts or whatever. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was fun. Um, so we have uh, uh, Aaron Davis, the character of Aaron Davis. Now he was played by um, Danny Glover. Da- What's that? Is it Danny Glover? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Not Danny Glover. Yeah, it's getting too old uh, for this shit. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Donald Glover, who's really hot right now. He was on Community, was great there. Yeah. Got his own show, got Atlanta, and is playing Lando Calrissian in the upcoming uh, Han Solo movie, Young Young Lando. So seemingly underutilized in this. Um, I believe it was a setup because they show they, and they show it in, on screen. Aaron Davis, aka Prowler. And so he is interested when he goes – he's the guy at the weapons deal, right? Yeah, yeah. So he was the one buying weapons. When he talks about, I don't want this weird you know, alien tech, but when he mentions something about, oh, I have some uh, wall climbing stuff, he's like, oh, really? Like that he, stuff he gets interested in. So you can see how he might buy something like that and kind of take the prowler to the next level. And he, isn't he also the uncle of Miles Morales? Yes. Miles Morales. Very good. Yeah, very good. So you've done some homework. Uh, I've talked to some people at work, yeah. Excellent, yeah, yeah. So Miles Morales, of course, is uh, takes over the mantle of Spider-Man in Ultimate Spider-Man, which uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, for those who don't know, was a side project where they, they rebooted Spider-Man as if he started his career as Spider-Man in the year 2000. So once we hit the, the 2000s, man, it's the new millennial, man. Yeah. Right? What's it going to be? What would it be like? So he doesn't work as a photojournalist. He's a web designer for the Daily Bugle. Right. Stuff like that. Peter Parker. And then eventually they introduce this character, Miles Morales, uh, you know, for a bit more inclusion and to shake things up a bit. So it was 150 issues of Peter Parker and then Miles Morales. So, and yeah, Aaron Davis's nephew, who he mentions. Yeah. Um, so on the ferry and then at the end credits scene, Mac Gorgon has a scorpion tattoo. Because he's the scorpion. I didn't even know there was a scorpion in there. So no, no, and I, yeah. So right. Well, that's the thing is that I think this is like future setup, right? So yeah. they and can they, set up. And they have a shocker too. So 
They have, they have two shockers. They killed off one. Yeah. They got another one. Yep. So they have the shocker, and we have scorpion. We've got the prowler. We've got the vulture. So we've already got and the tinkerer. All have been at different points. I think the prowler maybe not so much, but we've got at least four characters who have been members of the sinister six at one point or another. So they can they've already started kind of building that out. But again, if you don't know that, that's okay. That'll just be a surprise later when you see Donald Glover again. When you see the guy who played Matt Corgan again, that'll be fleshed yeah, out. He, but I like that was a real blink and you miss it type thing. Absolutely. Because yeah, when he yeah. when I saw that mid credit scene, I was kind of like, yeah, that went completely over the top of my head. Yeah, and it, it, you're right. It's a blink and you miss it. And he's got, yeah, you know, he, he's being put back together, you know, because he broke his arm and his face got all fucked up from the fairy scene. Yeah. So, um. Oh, the building that they're cleaning up at the beginning of uh, of the movie is the same one that Hulk where, falls into, uh, and he he punches uh, Thor. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, it's that building there. Yep. Yeah. Um, there was a nice to- turnaround in, in the bank vault scene because in that scene, the, he forces the guy with the Thor mask to punch the guy in the Hulk mask. Yeah, see, it's little things like this yeah. that I'm really enjoying, eh? Um. Oh, and then uh, Peter's friend Ned is seen playing with a figure of Emperor Palpatine while Peter opens up his locker, which has the combination 1138 big-time Star Wars references. Okay. And then the Death Star, of course. Hey, we're Disney. We own both Marvel and Star Wars. Yay. Yay. (laughs) But at least it can, you know, uh, reconfirming, which they already did in in, uh, Winter Soldier, that Star Wars exists in the Marvel Universe as a movie. Yeah. The one I didn't see the final uh, post-credit scene with Captain America. Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, I watched it on YouTube, so I know what it is. Um, very funny. Um, I, I'm glad I didn't stick around for it because that would have been a piss off. <laughs> I bet, yeah, you know, yeah. Just talking about, oh, you know, sometimes having patience is not a good thing, and you're just set through the credits to. But yeah, so hopefully, maybe maybe that's their way of saying, eh, maybe we're going to stop doing these in the future. See, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, know. But- I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, may- maybe, but I, I can't see them in their joint venture with Sony, kind of making that declaration. That kind, that sounds kind of weird. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It was funny at the very least. It, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, as long as they don't do that again. <laughs> Well, we better wrap up here. Uh, going oh yeah, yeah. That's the the ones I wanted to point out. I thought uh, the Aaron Davis and the Matt Gorgon stuff specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, if you've seen Spider Man Homecoming by the box office, you probably have. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, Can Movie Crew Gmail dot com or tweet at us at Can Movie Crew. Of course, find us on Facebook. Uh, next week we have War for the Planet of the Apes. That'll be you and I again. Mm-hmm. Uh, text does not like monkeys, so. She's out for that one. Plus, she's at a wedding next week, too. So she's legitimately gone. Um, And so that'll be fun. Mark, thanks very much for coming out. Always a pleasure. And I'm Sean Taylor, guys. We'll see you in the next Film Studies coming soon.